exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Peter begins this chapter by uh, using some terms that would naturally make us go back to the previous section of God's Word. He says, So I exhort the elders among you. That one word, so, is, is enough to make us look back to what has just happened because he's addressing something that he's already said. So a lot of times in your Bible, you might see the word, uh, therefore, or you might see the, the phrase, in light of this, or because of this. Uh, same kind of understanding here when we see that word, so. Uh, Peter's continuing a thought that he had just talked about and just finished. And so if you look back to the previous chapter, in chapter 4, uh, Peter is understanding and recognizing to the believers that they are going to experience trials and tribulations and persecutions because of their faith in Jesus Christ. The, the believers that are living godly for Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Uh, he uses terminology earlier on in the book of 1 Peter, uh, saying you are sojourners, you are aliens, you are pilgrims, you are those that are just passing through. This is not your home. And so as a result of that, he said there may even be, even be times when you suffer for doing good. And if that happens, you should rejoice in that. But Peter really isn't painting a great picture of the, the trials that are going to be presented to these groups of believers. And so with that in mind, he writes here to the, to the elders that are among them, in light of all of that, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. It's interesting because in the previous chapters of 1 Peter, uh, we see Peter addressing the instruction he's giving to varieties of people. At the very beginning of the book, in chapter 1 and verse 1, he uses the terminology by saying, to those who are elect, and look at what it says, verse 1, to those who are elect exiles. To those who are elect exiles. He encompasses all those that are believers in Christ that are elect, that are elect of God in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He, he, he addresses all of these believers that are scattered abroad in these different provinces, in these different areas, and he encompasses everyone. Listen, my letter that I'm writing to you, the instruction I'm giving to you, is for all of you that are scattered abroad. Uh, later on in the book of 1 Peter, he would write to wives specifically in chapter 3 in verse 1. He addresses wives. In chapter 3 in verse 7, he addresses husbands. And then in chapter 3 in verse 8, he again goes back to all of you. I want to understand what I'm writing. But now in chapter 5, he specifically is addressing the elders that are among these believers. And elders plural, not the elder, but elders plural. That's why we believe in a plurality of elders, of godly leadership. And, and so Peter is specifically addressing the elders that are among the people here. And so as we look into this passage, really there's a twofold purpose that I, I want to share this morning. One is the instruction to the elders that are among you, that are going to be serving in this leadership capacity. And this, this message and this challenge is for me as well as an elder at Maranatha Bible Church. Uh, it's a challenge for all of us that are leaders, that are elders in the ministry. But there's a second point I want to make today as well, and that is that we as followers of Christ, as the body of Christ, should also be challenged by what we see here 
because you're going to see in this passage that the elders are the ones that are being addressed, but they're being addressed so that they set the example for everyone to follow. So the same things that are being taught to the elders that they're being called on to present and to do, they're being called to do these things as an example for the believer to follow after. And so very much there's relevancy to what we're going to share for the elders this morning for all of us as children of God this morning. Uh, It would be one thing if Peter's like, this is just for the elders and nobody else has to worry about this, just the elders. No, but he's giving this instruction and he wants them then to set the example for the believers that are in their congregations, in their bodies, and so that they can follow as well. So 1 Peter chapter 5, I want to begin by understanding the main appeal that Peter is making to the elders here, and that is this, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God. Now, do me a favor. I want you to just turn to your neighbor on your right, the person on your right, and say, shepherd the flock of God. Would you do that for me? Shepherd the flock of God. Turn to the other side and say, shepherd the flock of God. That is what Peter wants the elders to do. Shepherd the flock of God. Excellent. And so he's giving this instruction right at the beginning to tell the elders here, shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock of of God. If you get one main idea, elders, as those that are going to be serving in leadership, as those that are in the congregation, that you would say, okay, what is the main role of our elders that are among us? Peter gives this appeal, shepherd the flock of God. Now, how many of you um, have experience as a shepherd in here? Anybody? Okay, we have a couple people who might have an understanding of what it is to shepherd. Uh, If you do not have an understanding of that, what I encourage you to do, and probably most of us have never done this, is read up on what it took to be a shepherd during the day and age in which Peter would be writing. The hardship, the work, the day and night care that was required as a shepherd of a flock. It is a, it is a, a hard thing to shepherd. It is not an easy thing to shepherd specifically sheep. And you maybe have heard people say that sheep are, 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 are dumb uh, or sheep are, are foolish or sheep don't understand what's going on. I was reading one commentator who said that he went out and actually went overseas and, and he was in an area around Israel where there's still many shepherds that are shepherding flocks and he wanted to just learn from them and understand this process of shepherding. And he said that the thing that is different about sheep than most animals is that if sheep wander off away... They have no sense of direction at all to try to find their way back. So like if you have a dog that you really love and your dog kind of runs away, somehow, some way, that dog has a way of almost like locating like how to get back if they run away. Like sometimes they'll just show up. Or if you ever tried to like shoo away a cat or like a dog or something like that and then they just keep showing up at your door, it's like they have this like GPS system in them that they somehow can find their way back home. There's all kinds of movies about that where like dogs get like dropped off somewhere and eventually they just show up at the front door um, and they're there. Sheep are not that way. And he was saying that he was talking to the shepherd and he said that if a sheep wanders away, even just, just a, a little ways away, he's completely lost, vulnerable, has no way of knowing how to return. It's interesting because in Isaiah 53, when in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is describing all of us that have gone astray. He said, we have gone astray like what? All we like sheep have gone astray. We've wandered away, right? And there's no way for us to get back. 
So understanding that shepherding the flock of God that is in their care was a very intense, hard thing to shepherd. If you read Psalm 23, the psalmist writes in Psalm 23 about his encouragement that the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not be in want. And he goes on to describe what all his shepherd does. He talks about protection and provision and safety and comfort. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in green pastures. He restores my soul. He protects me. And so a shepherd had all of these responsibilities for the sheep. That's the analogy. That's the, the understanding that Peter is giving to the elders of the churches here is that they would shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God. Care for. Instruct. Be there for. Possibly the, well, not possibly, the greatest example of a shepherd is Jesus. And in John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. And he says this in John 10 and verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He gives himself as the ultimate example of the good shepherd. And he says, as a shepherd, as the good shepherd, here's what characterizes me from everybody else. Here's what distinguishes me from everybody else. As the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. That's how much his love and care was for the sheep, that I would lay down my life for them, he says. He would go on to say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus is the example to us as elders, as leaders of what a shepherd is to be, and he modeled that in his own life. And so I want to just kind of look at this idea of shepherding the flock, and and what will that entail? What all is necessary in order to effectively shepherd the flock of God that is among us? And I believe these are fantastic principles for any of us that are here who in any way, shape, or form have any kind of influence or leadership over anyone that is following after us. And you might not believe you do, but all of us in some way are leading someone. And so these principles are specific to the elders, but I believe they are also very relevant and necessary for any of us that are here today who are seeking to have any kind of influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The first point I want us to see is that as shepherds, we must be informed. We must be informed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, he says, or in this passage, it also, depending on your translation, will say, that is under your care. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, shepherd the flock of God that is under your care, it says in other translations. The understanding he wants us to have here is that we are to be informed. You know, he doesn't just broadly say to the elders, shepherd the flock of God everywhere. No, there was a very specific group of people that these elders were responsible for. As elders, it is not our responsibility as elders to shepherd the flock of God that is under someone else's care. It's our responsibility as elders to shepherd the flock of God that is under our care. Specifically for you at Wellspring, elders, your responsibility before the Lord is to shepherd the flock of God that is under your care. And here's what's interesting about this and being informed. That would require us to understand and know the flock that we're shepherding. Uh, Have you ever had someone who has no relationship with you, no understanding of anything that you've been through in life, come up to you and say, here, here's how you should handle that situation. Or someone that comes to you and says, here's what I think you need to do. They have no idea what's going on. Now, have you ever been in a situation where 
Maybe you had someone at work that was new, and they didn't understand anything that was going on. They're like, yeah, this is how you should handle that. You're like, who are you? Right? you know, how do you know what's going on here? If they're a parent, you ever had someone try to tell you how to parent your kids? Uh, that's like the hot button thing, right? Like, don't tell me how to parent my kids. I have three young girls, Ella, Sophia, and Lydia, eight, five, and four. And, uh, you know, it is my responsibility as Ella and Sophia and Lydia's dad to parent them, to instruct them, to care for them. And it takes everything within me sometimes when I see kids that just are not listening or following their parents, and the parents just let them get away with murder, and they don't say anything to be like, ah, I wish I could say something, but I don't. Why? Because I'm not their parent. In a very similar way, I think this understanding has to be present as elders Our responsibility is for the people of God that he has placed in our care. That's a very important point. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, he says. No doubt he would have been speaking to elders, pastors, leaders that were probably of various different groups of believers because he begins by talking about this letter being addressed to the elect that are scattered abroad in all of these different provinces. But the understanding is that as shepherds, you have a flock that is under your care. And I think we get that in many ways. If you're a coach, when you go to a a game, you don't try to coach the other team right? If you're having a practice or you're doing instruction, you don't try to take the players from the other team and say, hey, listen, let me instruct you because they have a coach that's supposed to instruct them. Your team, your people are your responsibility. Listen, in a very practical and real way, parents, that, that is a very important principle for us as parents. You have children that are under your care and you are responsible to care for and shepherd your children, Grandparents, the influence that you can have on your grandkids. Teachers, the influence that you can have on your students. There are so many examples, practically speaking, by way of application for this principle of shepherding the flock that is under your care. Yes, specifically, this is to the elders shepherding the flock that is among them. But application and principle-wise, this is something every one of us should benefit from. Who are we responsible for caring for right within our own sphere of influence? Who does God want us to care for and instruct and shepherd? And are we doing that? But it's interesting because the other, I think, understanding that has to be brought to mind here is that it says that it is the shepherd of what? Of they are to shepherd the flock of God. This is not uh, an understanding that as shepherds that this congregation is, is belonging to you or your flock. It is the flock of God, right? So the people of God belong to the Lord. The people of God belong to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, by way of responsibility and challenge and soberness goes through the roof when you realize God has put of his sheep under your care as a shepherd. That's huge. It's a huge responsibility. It's a sobering thought. These are not sheep or people that anyone as an elder or leader can say, I'm responsible for bringing them here. Or they belong to me. No, God has placed this church here and they belong to God. And he's given you as a shepherd instruction and opportunity to be able to care for and shepherd his flock that is among you. Uh, Understand, be informed that we belong to him. 
And so as we shepherd the flock of God that has been placed under our care, there is no room for prideful arrogance, and we'll see that in just a minute. Uh, but we are to be shepherds that are caring for the flock of God. Secondly, uh, we are to be servants. We are a shepherd, the flock of God that is among us. We're to be informed, and we are to be servants. He says here in verse 2, shepherd the flock that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. As God would have you, he says. This understanding is that we are serving not just those that we're leading, but ultimately in shepherding, we are serving our God. We are doing this as service to our God. And he says, not because you must or because you have to, not because someone's twisting your arm to make you do it, but instead he wants us to do it willingly as service to our great God, understanding and recognizing the same attitude that was in Jesus Christ is to be in us, that we are to not to be served, but to serve. And so this shepherding idea, this understanding of what that means includes being informed, and it includes being a servant, being willing to serve, being willing to be made less so that God could be made more. And so that's something that I think as believers is so important for all of us to understand. We serve Jesus. Jesus does not serve us. Okay, and understanding is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to do what he wants done, not what we want done. Okay, and I think it's very important for us to get that as leaders. As shepherds, shepherd the flock of God, know your flock, understand and recognize that they belong to God, and be willing to be a servant. Serve even as Jesus served and gave his life as a ransom for many. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 that the mind that should be in us is the same mind that was in Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he made himself of no reputation. He came in the likeness of sinful man, yet without sin, and ultimately became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, he says. And here's what's so interesting, is that Jesus in Philippians 2 has this position of power and authority as God. And in that position of power and authority and recognition and, 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 and really being in complete control, he lowers himself, he empties himself, he makes himself of no reputation. Why? Ultimately for our redemption. Ultimately so that we might have life. And the calling that God has put on the elder, on the shepherd, on the leader, on every believer is that we let that mind that was in Jesus be in us as well. That we would also be possessing, following that same mindset. And that is a mindset of service. You and I need to be servants of our great God. And I'll tell you what, what greater job title to have than to say that I am a servant to the most high God. That's incredible to think about, but that's what he's called us to do, is to serve, is to serve him, is to make much of him, and in making much of him, him increasing, us decreasing, we bring glory to our great God. And as shepherds, it's no different. As elders, it is no different. We are called to shepherd the flock of God, to be informed and to be servants, to serve even as Jesus has served. Third, we need to be humble. We need to exercise 
humility. He says, do not, not for shameful gain, don't shepherd for shameful gain, but eagerly. Verse 3, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Be humble. Not for greedy gain. Not lording it over those under our care. Not seeking to try to be those that are, are seeking to dictate and, and, and to um, basically uh, put under our feet those that are in our care, but rather as servants to the Most High God, in humility, we are to be serving Him in leading others. Matthew twenty twenty five. Jesus said, If there's anyone among you that would be great, let him be your servant. This understanding that Jesus gives and modeling it in his own life is that if we want to uh, truly follow God, if we truly want to be leaders, if we truly want to be shepherds, we do that by serving. We do that by humility, esteeming others better than ourselves. This is a call to every believer. Let not every man look at his own interests, but at the interests of others. Esteem others as better than ourselves. The same is true for leaders. The same is true for elders. That we would in humility serve our great God. Be humble. Leads to number four here. Be an example. Be an example. He says, don't domineer over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. Be examples to the flock. And I think this is so important for us to really just camp out a minute on this point. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. God has called leaders to do. I believe he's called all of us as believers in Christ to accurately demonstrate and follow after the example of Jesus, but specifically to the elders. Shepherd the flock of God. Be informed. Know your church. Know your flock. Recognize they belong to God. Be informed. Be a servant. Serving Jesus Christ by leading the congregation or flock that is among you. Be humble. Not looking just at puffing ourselves up, but rather in humility, not domineering over those in our charge. Let us serve. Let us be humble. Let us exalt the name of Christ in doing that and be an example to follow. I wonder as a believer in Jesus Christ that is sitting here today for all of us, would we want our children, would we want the younger under us, Would we want those that are watching our lives and they're looking for an accurate picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, would we say, yeah, look at my life, follow what I do, and you will look like Jesus? Would that be true of us? If you think back to your activities over the past seven days, everyone that's here, past seven days, where you went, what you did, what we looked at, what we listened to, what we thought, what we said, what we participated in, would we look at our life over the past seven days and say, yes, that's the example I want every believer to follow, because in following me, they will be looking like Jesus. Is that what our life looked like this past week? And some of you are here, and you're like, I don't want that responsibility on my shoulders, I don't want anybody to look at my life and say, is that I want to follow him or follow her because they're supposed to look like Jesus. And yet here's the fact. The fact is that as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you and I have been called to the exact same calling that we would let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. That we as dear children, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, would be imitators of God as dear children. That is for every believer. But specifically for the elders in this passage, you know what he says here? Be the example you want your church to follow. 
Elders, let me ask you a question. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Be the example that your congregation is supposed to follow. Hopefully, we're following Jesus Christ. Because if we're following someone else, guess where we're going to lead people? Somewhere else. That's a sobering responsibility that is before us as shepherds, as elders, as leaders. People are watching our example. They want to know where I'm supposed to go. So who am I going to look to for that leadership? Ultimately, to Jesus, yes. But first, to the person Jesus has put as a shepherd for my care. My elders, my leaders, my pastors. I want to watch and see. Be an example, he says. And hopefully we all understand uh, the encouragement today that God has not called us. Jesus has not called us to do anything that he has not first set the example for us. Isn't that great? Uh, There's something so encouraging about following someone who's already been there and done that. It kind of gives us this courage, this this, this joy in serving that if if Jesus has done it, I'm going to follow in his steps. I'm going to follow him. Give you an example. Uh, I'm, I'm scared of heights. God has, has purposely made me short, I think, because I'm afraid of heights. And so uh, I, when I go to an amusement park for the, for the roller coasters that I'm tall enough to ride, I, as I'm in line, I'm tall enough to ride most roller coasters. A little joke there. And, and so I'm in line, and if there's a roller coaster that looks like pretty shady, it, it's pretty, I'm looking at it, I'm kind of determined, like, do I really want to venture out and try this? Because even though I'm afraid of heights, I love roller coasters. It's kind of crazy. It's weird. It's a weird dichotomy there. So I'm in line, and as I'm looking at the roller coaster, and if I've never ridden it before, I'm kind of eyeing like the people in line to find out who all is going to do this. And so what I try to do is find the youngest kid, and only like seven, eight years old, they're my height. And so I'm in, I'm in line, and I try to find the youngest looking kid that looks like the, the, the scaredest kid, right, that would be the scaredest kid. And if he's like confident, he's excited, I'm like, all right, if, if that little kid can do this, I can do it. And so I'm watching as they go. And when they come back, I try to look at the faces of people when they come back. And so when they come back into like the landing area, if they're like terrified, if they're like white knuckled, like, oh, like they can't talk because they're so scared. I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do this. But if when they come back, I can see the little kid and he's like, that was awesome. I'm like, all right, I can do this. If he can do it, I can do it. I want to see that someone has done it before me, before I'm going to venture out and do that. Maybe you're like that. Maybe if you come to a difficult thing in your life, a challenge that is set before you, the old analogy of having to cross that old bridge that looks like at any moment it could just collapse and you're waiting and someone goes ahead of you and shows that it's okay, you can cross this bridge. Maybe it's a challenge that's a test that you need to take for something. And you're like, I got to take this test. I got to do this thing. And someone that you know comes back and says, I took it. It's easy. You can do it. I did it. You can do it. Maybe it's a medical procedure that you don't know how to handle. And you find someone that has been there, done that. They've had that same surgery. They've had that same treatment. And you find out from them they've done it. And there's confidence that's built. There's courage that's given because someone that you know has been there. They've done that. They've followed that. Listen, Jesus is that for us. He is that example for us. And it is an intimidating thing. It is an intimidating thing as a follower of Jesus Christ to hear that we are to be followers of Jesus, that when others see us, they should see Jesus in us. It is an intimidating thing to think that we are to let our light shine before men so that they may see our good deeds 
and glorify our Father who is in heaven. It's an intimidating thing to, as a child of God, be called to be an imitator of God. It's an intimidating thing as an elder to shepherd the flock and to be the example that we want the congregation to follow. And yet it is not just an intimidating thing, but it's commanded by God as a good thing to set that example and to follow him. Paul had said it, Peter had said it, others had said it, that follow my example because I follow Jesus. And I want to challenge us this morning as elders, there's no greater example than Jesus. So when you're not sure what you're supposed to look like, look like Jesus. When you're not sure how to lead, lead as Jesus led. When we're not sure what to say or how to handle a situation, handle it, lead as Jesus would handle it and lead. He is our good shepherd. He is our example. We follow him. We follow him. Make much of Jesus as we serve and as we lead. In summary, shepherd the flock of God that is under our care. Feed them, lead them, protect them, purify them, set the example for them to follow as elders, as shepherds, as pastors, as leaders. In doing so, we will exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. In doing so, we will make much of Him and less of us. As a believer in Jesus Christ today, let me encourage all of us. There's no greater shepherd than Jesus. And that shepherd, Jesus, who has all power and all knowledge, is ever present and is sovereignly in control of all things, He cares for you. And he cares for me. What a joy. What a privilege to be a child of God and to be a shepherd of the flock that is among us. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the example of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. Lord, it is not a light matter to lead. And yet it is such a privilege. I would pray for the elders, the men that are here, stepping up as elders and leaders in this congregation, that they would lead well, that they would seek to shepherd the flock of God that is under their care, that they would be informed and they would be servants and they would be humble and they would be examples that are pointing those that would follow them to Jesus. Might we be like Jesus? Lord, for every person sitting in this room that has relationship with Christ, I pray that we would be imitators of God as dear children, that we would follow after you, and that we would not take for granted that the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand cares for us, knows us, and loves us. Might we present ourselves to you as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable in your sight, Lord. This is our reasonable act of worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Bruce, for that challenge and that teaching from the Word. And to those of you who have agreed to step into, as it were, the harness of shepherding, if that is still your desire, I'd like to invite Ron McClowski, Jason Burtz, and Phil Ross to the stage at this time. I'd like you to come up here on the stage with me. I didn't know whether you guys would come to the stage after what you just heard or not, but I am delighted that you did. And uh, the way we're going to walk through this time of installation is I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to ask the congregation a question to respond. And then we will invite you to come and sit down in these three chairs uh, in front of the stage and then I will invite the elders of our partner churches to come and gather around the three of you, as, as well as your families if you would like to. And then uh, we will lay hands on you and, and pray a prayer of commissioning and installation. So that is how the next few minutes of this service will go. So to you as potential elders, shepherds, under-shepherds of this congregation, I'd like to just uh, read a charge and ask a question. In precept and practice, you will be constantly influencing those entrusted to your care in the deepest things of life, eternal things. Will you be faithful, earnest, sympathetic, preserving, keeping in mind that the goals of Christian ministry and shepherding included evangelism, education, edification, encouragement, equipping and establishing others in the faith. I will. I will. And I will. <laughs> I thought you might have said, what did you just say? All right. Second question, inasmuch as you have been called to this ministry of elder here at Wellspring, will you endeavor, God being your helper, to discharge faithfully its duties? Will you be diligent in your study of the scriptures and dedicated in serving the Lord Jesus Christ? I will. I will. I will. To the congregation. Today, we are witnessing the pledge of these candidates for elder. As a church, will you be faithful in prayer and support of the efforts of these, your elders? If you are willing, I'd like to ask you to stand at this time. That means a lot to me. And I'm sure it means a lot to each one of these our brothers up here. And at this time, I'd like to invite you to remain standing, and I'd like to invite uh, Phil and Ron and Jason to come and, and sit here. And I'd like to invite the elders from uh, Maranatha, 
and from Bridge and from Hartville Mennonite to come and gather around uh, these men as they uh, take their seats. And I'm going to give just an opportunity for Tom Weesey and Brother uh, Nisley and uh, is Dave coming up as well. If you would like to say a word of encouragement, um, feel free to do so. You know, I think I would just like to uh, pray, and if you'll pray with me, a uh, prayer of blessing and uh, seeking the Lord's guidance in this, um, I think that would be very appropriate. So if you would pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. It's an exciting morning, and I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, this is a, a day that's been more than three years in the making and started with you placing the call on Ron's heart and life to come here to Alliance, to step into the unknown. And I just thank you for his obedience to that call. Lord, to see what you have raised up uh, through his efforts here today um, is so exciting. And I pray, Lord, that uh, this process would be replicated again and again through your people, through your church. Bless Ron and Wanda for their obedience and their faithfulness. Likewise, Lord, we thank you for these three men, for Phil and Ron and Jason, for them responding to your call. You place that call on their hearts to step into this position. It requires that same um, faith and uh, courage. So we pray, Father, for these men that they will lead by example, as Bruce has shared, and that they will uh, do so with, with wisdom, Lord, with the uh, just the energy and uh, consistency. May they be men of your word, men of prayer. Lord, uh, may they lead by following you. That seems like a contradiction, but that's what you call us to. And uh, in doing so, we play offense, not defense. We, we lead by, by following. Father, I pray for a spirit of humility. That is so important. I pray for a spirit of unity. Despite uh, things that might not be agreed upon, um, you don't call us to uniformity, but you do call us to unity. And I pray that that peace will prevail among these men and among the church that they lead. Thank you, Father, for raising these men up. And I pray that the others that will follow in their footsteps. Father, bless your church. Grow your church. For your glory, I pray in your name. Amen. Abe, would you like to say a word of encouragement or anything you'd like to say? Yeah, uh, my name is John Diller from Hartville Mennonite, and uh, Dave's my brother. That's okay. It's okay. He's a pastor, too. <laughs> I would just like to, rec to um, follow up with what our brother shared in this sermon, that it is a deep calling, but Jesus has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit that leads us in that, that difficult task of life, it gives us wisdom and knowledge. And I pray that these men, as they lead the body here, would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and would be, would be able to grasp the knowledge that Jesus gives and dwells each one of us. He um, doesn't leave us on, us on our own. It's with the indwelling Holy Spirit that leads us and gives us will, wisdom and knowledge to lead and to guide in this church. So I pray the spirit of Jesus would be alive and strong in the lives of these men. Thank you, John. We didn't have the last name right, but John, it is. Would either one of you brothers I'd like to share 
a word of encouragement. Yeah, I would just share the, the same thing that uh, our brother shared in the message this morning. Uh, don't follow these three men. Follow them as they follow Christ. And they do so not of their own power, their own strength, but again, the, 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 the example of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus often would get away, and, uh, and I think he sets a good example for us. He would get away and talk to his father. And, and, and Father, what, are you, what is your example? What is your direction? What is your uh, uh, instruction for us? And I think that's a wise thing for us to do too, uh, to, to, to look to Christ and his example. And, and if we're going to be examples, be uh, examples who follow Jesus. And thank you for your willingness to do that very thing. And uh, yeah, God bless you as you as you lead by following Christ. Same from Nisner from Heartland tonight. Just certainly endorse everything that has been shared. You've been exhorted in so many ways and heard so many good things this morning. May God give you the grace to carry that out. Amen. And uh, if we could just, as, as supporters from Heartland Mennonite, bless you. Amen. Impart our blessing where the kingdom of God is growing and expanding and what you're doing here. We just want to bless you. So uh, just re receive a blessing from the broader church to continue what you are doing. Amen. Thank you, Sanford. I've asked uh, these brothers to come up here because we're going to all lay hands on, on these brothers who are sitting down as a time of uh, commissioning and installation, and I've asked Brother Bruce here to lead in that uh, prayer at this time. So I'd like to invite the audience, if you would, to just reach out like this and symbolically as a, a sign of blessing on these three brothers. And uh, Bruce, will you lead us in prayer as we gather around? Oh, Father, we are so grateful and thankful for the work that you have done in our lives as followers of Christ. Uh, you have made us alive in Christ. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that we have been baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you do not leave us alone, but you have given us the comfort of the spirit of God that is within us. Mm. And we thank you, Lord, that you have empowered us as followers of Jesus to reach a world with the gospel of Jesus. Thank you that the gospel is the power of God into salvation for all that would believe. And we pray for these men. We pray for Phil and Ron and Jason. We pray that you would give them blessing, Lord, in their homes and in their lives as they follow you. We would pray for wisdom for them, Lord, that you say, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God and he will give it. And we would ask for wisdom, even in the midst of trials, in the midst of situations that we can't even plan on right now, that you would grant them a supernatural wisdom from you, Lord, to be able to give instruction and wise counsel. Uh, we pray, Father, that they would be sensitive to the Spirit of God's leading in their lives, that they would walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Father, that they would uh, delight themselves in the law of the Lord, and they would meditate upon your word day and night. And Father, we pray that they would serve as examples to the congregation here, that they would serve as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, and Lord, that they would first lead their families well, that they would first lead their homes well, and that, Lord, they would then lead this church well. Uh, Father, I pray that you would grant blessing to them and their, their wives, their children, should they have children. And Lord, I pray that you would give them blessing after blessing as they serve you. 
Lord, might the people here of Wellspring uh, serve as encouragers to them. Might they follow their leadership, their leadership even as they follow Christ. And Father, might the world that is watching around us, uh, Lord, those that are watching to see, might they see in this church, in this body, in these men, that which cannot be explained apart from the supernatural working of the Spirit of God, of God our God that we serve and follow, and that as a result, they would see their good deeds and glorify their Father who is in heaven. Thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you that you've demonstrated your love for us, even when we were sinners, that Christ died for us. We love you, and we ask now your wisdom, your blessing, your strength to be on these men as they follow you. And we pray this and dedicate them to the Lord Jesus Christ for his service, in whose name we pray. Amen. 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 I'd like to ask these three brothers to stand up and, and these gentlemen behind you to just step back. Wellspring, I present to you your shepherd, your elders, and I charge you to pray for them daily, to encourage them. And in a minute here, we're going to allow you to come up and greet them and encourage them that way. But I'd like to ask Mike and Kathy Sanderbeck, we have a gift for each one of these. Would you come up and, and, and bring the gifts? Uh, we have a gift for each one of these uh, gentlemen here today. But symbolically, as they come to bring the gifts, again, at this moment in time in our history of our church, our partnering churches are taking one step backwards, as it were, and our brothers are stepping up to lead with us here, and we're so excited. And what's exciting about that is we have two young men in the congregation, Derek and, and Nate, who are apprenticing towards eldership as well. And we just praise the Lord for that because they'll be walking with us in the next year as this apprenticing goes forward. I'd just like to recognize them. Nate is right back here. Raise your hand, brother. And Derek, is he in the room or did he... There, He's over there. He's serving the children at this point. So they'll be walking in an apprenticeship that's exciting, a time when we're just bringing uh, leadership, continuing to train. And, and so this is a milestone. This is a, a threshold. It's a beginning to as we continue on this journey. And to the wives, to, to Jennifer and to Kathy and to Myrna, thank you for being willing to let your husband step up in this way. And they can say yes, dear, all day if they want. But anyway, uh, Mike and Kathy. All right. They put a lot of thought in these gifts. Uh, we'll uh, let you guys open them. Uh, you may be seated. And uh, if the worship team wants to get ready, we're going to have a, a closing song there. Um, if you guys would like to just kind of sit down and, and open your gifts. Uh, you can read the cards later, but I think uh, you'd like to see what's, what's in here as kind of a, um, <laughs> okay, is that a ukulele? All right, uh, we know who's musical here. Uh, Jason, what did you pull out there first? Huh, fancy that. Um, and uh, Ron, what did you get there? The Ten Commandments of his workshop. All right. Uh, he's quite a woodcrafter there. We don't want you to eat all the chocolate at once, um, but um, 
we uh, we love you guys. And, and Jason, what'd you just pull out there? Uh, a song flute. So uh, we know his wife also plays a flute as well. So maybe they can get a duet going. But we love you guys. We look forward to walking with you as we journey from here. And uh, may God bless and keep you. And may you shepherd the flock well. I'm certainly looking forward to, to walking with this group of guys as we uh, chart the course for the coming years. All right. Uh, as, as the worship uh, team leads us in a song, we just want to invite you guys to stand and come. You can kind of, you guys are sing so good anyway. Uh, just come in and greet uh, these gentlemen, wish them a blessing, shake their hand, whatever. And... Um, we invite you all, please stay for the meal. There's so much goodness in the air right now. I think I'm drooling. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's potlucks, uh, crock pots all over the place, and uh, even in the next room if the kids haven't eaten it already. So, um, please stay around. Uh, this place will be transformed in a few minutes after we say amen here. Uh, we got guys waiting to bring in tables and chairs, uh, and they're awesome at it. So, uh, would you stand and we'll just say the Lord bless and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. All right. Worship team. I, I don't want to steal any thunder. I've been here about a year and I am so excited for you, Ron, to have a team is just awesome. Thank you guys for serving. Thank you for the prayers and uh, throughout the year. And uh, the journey has been a long one, but it is awesome. So 